believe it was 5% down. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so that helped us get started because we didn't need as much money down. Yeah. Um, so did that and moved in this house. It was a house in Bentonville. Um, still have it today. It's, I don't know if you guys have heard of the 1% rule where it rents for 1% of the purchase price. It actually wasn't there, was not, didn't hit that rule when we bought it. But now, I mean, like, like you hear investors say, we've held it for five years and now it's at the 2% rule. Um, so at the time, you know, I think what was important was it got us started. It got our, kind of got our foot in the door and started getting some momentum. Thanks for joining us on another REI NWA podcast. My name is Coley Bailey. I'm your host, and I am a broker and team leader at the Lone Rock team at Fathom Realty. And today, I'm really excited to introduce you to Ryan Wegerer uh, from the Blackstone and Company. Um, and you are an agent here in this area. Correct. You've been very successful and... Uh, been an active part of REI NWA. So thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, for sure. We're excited to be here. Yeah. And we have a really exciting program coming up. This is actually going to be a landlord lunch. Um, so this is for you landlords out there. Uh, we're going to be covering rental calculations that people need to know. And then we'll also get into raising rents, how to do that, why to do that, all that good stuff, right? Sure. Yeah. But so before we get into that, Tell me a little bit about yourself and, you know, your, your background, how you got started. Um, what got you into this crazy thing? Yeah, for sure. So mine, I mean, it's kind of been a weird journey. Um, so I am an Arkansas native. I'm from North Central Arkansas, um, but have been in Northwest Arkansas for about 15 years now. I came to college here um, and really just never left. I stayed here from that point on. Um, but for me, so I went to college, went to grad school, got into corporate America, and just found it uh, very underwhelming. Um, it was not not the right fit for me. And I knew within a couple of years, I was, I was in sales calling on some different retailers, you could probably guess who, and just realized that I just was not very fulfilled with it. So for some reason, I was really kind of gravitated toward investing. And it wasn't necessarily real estate on the beginning. It was just finances in general, personal finance, um, you know, investing in the market, and then kind of started getting into real estate. And the reason I really started pursuing it, I kind of felt like it was my ticket out of corporate America. Um, I wanted to achieve financial independence, financial freedom. And I felt like that was the quickest and most feasible way for me to do it. Um, so that is what got me into investing. Um, I kind of kicked the idea around for several years, probably like a lot of people do. Talked to my wife about it, and I think she thought I was crazy half the time. It was like, oh, I don't know about this. And a lot, a lot of times it seems like it's it's something other people do. Right, yeah. Right? It, yeah. It's so unattainable. Well, it just didn't, you know, I read about it, and it sounded good, but it was like, well, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't have any special talents. Like, I'm not right. overly, you know, I'm not the smartest guy or whatever. But um, so I kind of kicked the can down the road for a couple of years and then, you know, I don't know if work just got worse or what it was, but I finally kind of hit a point where I was like, I need to start doing this. Um, so started buying investment properties, um, selling off some things that I could, you know, I actually had a really nice truck that I sold, downgraded my housing, did some different things to try to generate some capital to start investing in rental properties. 
So that so, was so is that so what was your first t- tell us the story of like the first one that you got. Yeah, like, so number know. one, we were living in a house out by the lake. It was a nice property. And I had just decided, I was like, I can't wait any longer. I've got to get my first property. I've got to see how this thing works. So the plan was to sell the house we were in, which we had quite a bit of equity in. And we were going to buy our first rental property. And I was actually going to move into it with my wife. And we had one child at the time. We were going to move into it, live there for a year. And by doing that, we could put a lower down payment down and also get a 30-year fixed rate loan. That was going to be... So was that FHA? Uh, we actually didn't do FHA on the first one. We did okay. conventional. Oh, conventional. Yeah, but it was, I believe it was 5% down. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so that helped us get started because we didn't need as much money down. Yeah. Um, so did that and moved in this house. It was a house in Bentonville. Um, still have it today. It's, I don't know if you guys have heard of the 1% rule where it rents for 1% of the purchase price. It actually wasn't there, was not, didn't hit that rule when we bought it. But now, I mean, like you like you hear investors say, we've held it for five years and now it's at the 2% rule. Um, so at the time, you know, I think what was important was it got us started. It got our, kind of got our foot in the door and started getting some momentum. Um, so that was my first property and we stayed there for a year. And while we were there, we actually bought two more properties that were in Fayetteville. And these were ones we didn't have any intentions in living in. Uh, but we're just going to be straight long-term rentals. And I think kind of what happened, and I won't go through the whole story, but I bought the first one. We were living there. So I guess it wasn't really technically a rental right. because we were living there. It was a house hack. Yeah, it was a house hack, okay. basically. But we had some cash left over, and I was like, well, I mean, might as well buy another one. Like exactly. We did one. So bought our actual first true rental while we were living in this house hack, Um and I remember the night, like we closed in that night, like I was like laying in bed and like kind of being like, oh my God, like I'm a landlord, you know, like it was this <laughs> big deal. And like, honestly, it was super easy. Like I didn't have to do anything. I didn't hear from the tenants for the first month. Like I collected a rent check. It exceeded my mortgage by, you know, $600 a month and it was cash in my pocket. And that was when I think the, you know, it was kind of like it, the, the just the epitome of yeah. like, wow, this actually works. Um, so anyways, like that was kind of what got us started and then it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, we continued to expand our portfolio. I was pretty lucky. I started like 2018, 19. So prices were high. Like it wasn't like great recession prices, but they weren't like they are now. Right. Um, you could find cash flowing deals on the MLS. It wasn't easy, but it was possible. Now it's very, very hard. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but that was my start. It was uh, really to get like a sense of freedom. I mean, that's yeah. that's why I did it. So. so now when did you get your agent license and when did you start yeah. doing that? Yeah. So I stayed in corporate America and continued buying rentals for about, I think it was four or five years. Um, once I got to a point where I felt comfortable stepping away from corporate America which was in part due to our rentals and the passive income that we had coming. Um, That was about a year ago. So I have been full-time agent um, for just a little bit over a year with Blackstone and Company. Um, It's a very investor-friendly team in Springdale, which is what attracted to me that team to begin with because that that was my background. Uh, But yeah, just over a year. So yeah. 
Oh yeah, Ryan and Jared, great guys. Yeah. Been involved in REI for a long time. Yeah, I love them. Oh yeah, no, so they're awesome. It's yeah, a great team. It's a great team. Sure. It yeah, really is for sure. Um, well, cool. That's that's great. So, one of the things uh, that you mentioned were these this one percent rule, the two percent rule. So we're going to get into a couple of these rental metrics uh, in just a moment, but right now. It's actually a good time to introduce our champion sponsor. I'm John Harvester with ProLift Garage Doors. My wife, Julie, and I uh, run the company, own the company. We're so proud to be here in Northwest Arkansas. We just want to remind everybody, especially the REI members, that we do give them a 10% discount. We like to be involved in the community. ProLift is here to lift you up when your garage door lets you down. All right, so we're back with Ryan, and we want to talk about a couple of these different rental metrics that people need to be tracking, uh, and then how how should people be tracking their rent growth? Yeah, so you know, determining rent is probably one of the most important things because when you buy an investment property, like it really it's it's not an emotional purchase; like it needs to be an analytical, numbers driven decision. Unless you just love houses and just want to buy them for just to collect them. Right. But so the rent, you, you need to run numbers, which that's a whole different topic on what kind of return you're looking to get, you know, cash on cash or overall return, appreciation, all that factors in. But one of the most pivotal things is, is knowing what the property is going to rent for and kind of looking at future rent growth. So First, when you're trying to determine rent, there's several places that you can go to try to get an idea of what rent needs to be or what the market will bear. Um, just really quickly, some of the best ones would be a property manager. Um, that, that's probably going to be your best resource, a local property manager. Um, there's different websites you can go to, like Rentometer, that's really good for like single family homes. Um, they're going to give you like an algorithm that's going to give you kind of a range of what to expect for the rents. Um, and then different websites, like honestly, Zillow, great spot to go look at rents. You can see when somebody's posted a property, how many views, how many views has it had? How many people have applied? It's going to give you an idea of like, okay, like this is the condition. This is what it's going to rent for. So that I would say is your number one is like, you need to know going in, like current rent is great, but what is the rent? What should the rent be? Um, because sometimes and in this market, how you can actually get a deal is buying properties that are under market value because they're not rented at market. You know, landlords are people like me that are they're nice and they're not good at you know passing rent increases. Um, and, you know, it's something where there's a lot of value add there. So they just keep that same rent rate for right. five years. Exactly. And then yeah. they're, you know, several percent below. Sure. Where, exactly. Where they should be. Yeah. So anyway, that, you know, that would be first is determining what the rent should be. And then in terms of like tracking what the rent growth is, I like to kind of look at my portfolio and look at a couple different neighborhoods. And I will actually track the rents over time and say, okay, when I bought it five years ago, it was renting for this. Then two years ago, it was this. Now it's this, but it should be this. Mm -hmm. And there's a formula that's actually a percent change formula where you look at the new rent minus the old rent over the old rent that's going to give you that percent change. Right. And you can track that in different neighborhoods. So like for me, I have properties in Fayetteville. I have a duplex in Rogers. I have some in Bentonville. And I can I can look at that percent change and see where am I getting the most growth in rents 
Um, and it doesn't have to just be areas that I own, but you know, any neighborhood. And it's kind of a way to gauge like, well, maybe I want to focus a little more on West Bentonville because houses were renting for 14, but now they're renting for 2000. You don't see that in East Springdale, you know? Um, so those are probably two of the biggest metrics that I would say are good to know. Um, and ones I would just kind of highlight when you're trying to determine like rent and what the potential growth could be. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So I'm going to just bring it back to a very elementary level with some of these rules of thumb. So like the 1%, 2%, all that. So that is 1% of the purchase price of the house or property being how much you're receiving in monthly rent. Correct. Yeah. So the 1% rule, it's a great rule. It's been around for a long time. You'll hear all the bigger pockets, brand turn, all those guys yeah. talk about it. Um, exactly what you just said, Kali. So one, whatever you pay for the property, if it's 150,000, 1% of that would mean it rents for 1500 a month. Um, it's a great screening tool. We use it with our investors that I work with all the time. You know, there's so many properties that are listed on the MLS, 99% of them, probably not great rentals. Right. Um, so it's a very quick screening tool. If it's at 1% or even getting relatively close, it might be worth further analysis of that property. Um, and I will say I bought properties that aren't at the 1% rule that do cash flow. So, I mean, some of it depends on financing. Yeah you know, the different terms. And then there are some other benefits, of course, too. I mean, you still get to de depreciate that property off your taxes. Sure. You're probably going to have appreciation over the long term. So it might grow into right. something that's, that's yeah. better, even if it's not exactly fitting into that rule of thumb. Exactly. Immediately. Yeah, for sure. And that's a great point. And, you know, the first one that we bought that we moved into on paper it was not an amazing rental property when we bought it. It was okay. Yeah. But now, you know, over time, now it is a very good rental. So, you know, to your point, it sometimes it just takes time. You just have to, you know, inflation and just the rent, you know, the demand goes up and then prices go up. So. Right. Cool. All right. Well, I'm really looking forward to your landlord lunch. Uh, just to remind everybody, uh, this is going to be on October 10th uh, at noon at the Wagon Wheel Cafe in Springdale. So come out and meet. Brian Wegerer, uh, and he's going to be going over all these. You can ask him all kinds of questions about how to calculate uh, your rent rates and, and growth of your rentals um, and uh, all that good stuff. Now, how do people keep in touch with you? How can people follow you? Or yeah. So I, unlike you, I'm not a good social media person. Um, that's not a good area for me. Honestly, my email through Blackstone, uh, so ryan.w at blackstonenwa.com is a uh, good way to get a hold of me. Um, my cell phone number, which I can share with anybody. Um, and then I do have a Facebook. I'm not great at checking it, but I intend to get better at that. Um, and that's just Ryan Wegerer, if you can figure out how to spell my last name. Um, I'm on Facebook. So yeah, definitely add me and I can connect with you there as well. Okay. Sounds good. Well, like I said, come see the Landlord Lunch October 10th at noon, Wagon Wheel Cafe in Springdale uh, to meet Ryan and to go over all of that. It'll be $20 at the door, well worth it. Or you could just join REI NWA and then you could go to all of the programs all throughout the year. Every week we have one uh, and you can walk into those for free at the door.
All right. Well, thanks for riding. Yeah, for sure. It's good to see you, man. Good talking with you. Yeah.